Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, July 25th, the Science is for Everyone edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's eight, and Teddy, who's five. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Zach Rosen. I make the Best Advice Show podcast, and I am the father to two. Uh, My daughter, Noah, is almost five, and my son, Ami, is nearly two. I'm Stephanie Ryan. I'm the owner of Ryan Education Consulting and sole content creator for Let's Learn About Science. I'm mom to one little. He's almost six and he starts kindergarten in a few weeks and we live in Carmel, Indiana. And Stephanie, I'm so excited to have you back for another episode. If you guys listen, she was with us on Thursday and is back um, today for a really fun episode. Stephanie is going to lead Zach and I through some fun science experiments that you can do at home with your kids. We have our kids on to uh, see how that all goes. So I'm excited about that. Then we'll do our usual rounds of recommendations. But first, we are joined in my lovely little closet by my better half. Jeff is here. Hi, everybody. Hey, Jeff. We actually had a listener submit a question that is mostly for Jeff. So we are going to head that way. So take it away, Shasha. Dear mom and dad, I want advice about what we should do with our car. About two years ago, we took over someone's lease to a Honda Civic, but it's too small. We have two four-year-old children and we have to truly pack it to the brim to travel. On the other hand, it would be much, much cheaper to buy out this lease than to buy a used car. We're city people and only really need it for trips around the five boroughs and visiting family who all live within a four-hour drive. However, we may be adding a third child to the family at some point, and they definitely wouldn't fit in this car. But we may not either. It's up in the air. I've thought about leasing a new car, but the insurance is high and we really don't need a new car every few years. So I don't think that's the right option, right? But I'm open to suggestions. Thanks. All right. So, Jeff, I think, though, you need to start with why this listener has reached out to you. Yeah, it was about about a year and a half ago. Jamila was looking for a new car and reached out to me because, you know, an engineer can do all sorts of engineering. And she successfully got a new car. Uh, It was a used car, actually. And I think she's been very happy. Elizabeth, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, she talks about the car all the time. I think she, I think she's happy with it. And she she knew what she wanted. It was just like trying to figure out, do we buy new? Do we buy used? Like, what are we looking for? Now, this question is great because our other car is a Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We own a 2006 Civic. That's the eighth generation. It's a wildly popular car. 27 million Honda Civics have been sold since 1972 when Whoa. it came on the market. And I think it's one of the best cars that you could have. So in my mind, listener, keep that Honda Civic. It's safe. It's low operating cost and it looks really good too. But I also recognize having three kids ourselves. If you do have a third child, I understand how a long trip out of the city, a four or five hour trip with three kids across the back row might just be a terrible thing to do to those kids. You can safely get three car seats. Diano um, makes some, and there's a website called The Car Seat Lady, and she actually goes through which ones will fit three across safely in which cars. So I recommend looking at that. You can definitely get three car seats across. 
But it was like every road trip we took, we could not figure out which child to put in the middle because the child in the middle sits next to both other children and therefore can touch them, talk to them, all of those kind of things. This is mm-hmm. when I instituted the like, at some point I actually stuck cardboard between them. <laughs> like So they were in their own pods because I had had enough. <laughs> the entire time we were in Europe, I said to Jeff, when we move back, I'm getting a minivan and the space will fix everything. And you know what? The space fixed everything. She was absolutely right. And so anytime I have to take all three kids in the backseat of my Civic, I dread it terribly. So to the (laughs) listener, if you're going to have a third kid, you have a built-in nine-month period where you can fix this problem. But in the meantime, you've got a bird in hand and a really cheap vehicle that's safe for your family. What do you guys think? What is your advice on, on the car drama? One thing that we should address is the cargo issue. So even if you have two kids, listen, the listener is talking about not having any space for their stuff when they travel. And I'm wondering, Jeff, you might know the answer to this. So we have um, a Mazda van. It's a van, but it's like a small van. But it's big enough to have the Thule cargo rack on top. Can you get a cargo rack on a Civic? Because that might help with the cargo <laughs> You issue. can put a cargo rack on the top of a Civic. But if you pack that trunk well, it has tons of storage in the trunk. In fact, I married someone who was phenomenal at playing Tetris with the Civic's trunk. We could fit more stuff in the trunk of the Civic than we could in the in huh. the hatchback, um, just because the Civic sits so low. That trunk is actually quite big. And when you have little kids, do not underestimate the floor storage underneath their feet. Their feet do not go all the way to the ground. So yeah. you can put your water cooler, like all of those. And it actually, our littlest one always asks for the cooler there because he's more comfortable with something under his feet. Stephanie or Zach, have either of you looked at the car market right now? Unfortunately, I am in the process of of trying to buy a new car. I have not, but I keep getting little postcards saying how much my used car is worth. And I'm like, I kind of want to sell it, but I kind of need it. And I keep going back and forth when I get those in the mail. (laughs) It's probably a really bad time to buy a new car. And so if you've got something that works for your family, just stick with it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I would I don't want to buy a new car, but I drive it. So we have two cars, that van that I mentioned, the Mazda van, and then we have a 2008 Chrysler Sebring with like 140,000 miles on it and the AC just stopped working again and it's 100 degrees out today. I just got on a wait list to lease a Toyota Corolla hybrid, Mm. which is like the cheapest hybrid there is, but the wait list is four to six months. So I'm just trying to make it through the summer if I can with the Sebring. All right. Well, listener, letter writer, I don't know if we answered your question. I think what we've demonstrated is that the Honda Civic is a great car. There's really no reason for change at this point. Um, But we'd love to know what you end up doing. So please write us. Tell us if Jeff was wrong about this whole thing. Also, if the kids fight because you have a third, I told you so. If anyone else has a question for our partners, kids, parents, send them in. You never know. Maybe they'll agree to come down into our little recording studios and and hop on the show. So we're going to take a quick break and Jeff's going to go watch the children. And when we come back, we're going to put on our safety glasses and dive into some at-home science. So we're going to swap cars for science. We are so lucky to have Stephanie here with us because, as you heard in the intro, she's an educational consultant with a PhD in learning sciences. She has taught and consulted on K-12 through science curriculum and has a passion for making sure science is available to everyone. So before we jump into some of these experiments that you sent us, can you explain why you think doing science projects at home with your kids is so important? 
Yeah. It's not just about science, but keeping the kids curious in general. So making sure that they're asking why and how uh, that gets lost when they get older. So why not encourage those skills of questioning, providing evidence for claims and looking for patterns into their everyday life? I'm sure we all know a few adults out there who can't do some of those (laughs) things that we want to make sure that people can. Um, And it also shows us that our parents learn every day, and it's a lifelong endeavor that learning isn't just in school, and that science is all around us. It's not a lab with fancy chemicals. Um, And then lastly, it levels the playing field. Science kits and science books used to be a niche market of where if you're a scientist, you bought it for your children, and that was it. Why does it have to just be for those people? Why can't it be for everyone? So instead of a kit that may have some chemicals that are hard to get, Why not use things that are in our kitchen and make it so everyone can do it and it's accessible? I I was always awful at science, Stephanie, and frankly, not particularly interested in it. But I do want to make this fun and and engaging for my kids. So I guess, like, what shouldn't I do? What are some some things to stay away from as I uh, wade into the science world at home? First, do not tell your child that you did not like science (laughs) because Mm. I know if you tell your kid you're afraid of spiders, now they're afraid of spiders, (laughs) even if they don't even know what a spider is. But if you approach it with um, curiosity and have your child just say, hey, what, what kind of questions do you have after doing this? And looking at it through their eyes. And that was something that I hadn't done until I had a kid. And it's really tricky to do. You spin it around. Instead of teaching formally, like here, sit down, do this experiment, write down your conclusions in your lab report. It's, hey, let's let's kind of explore something that's happening. Like you could use laundry, stained clothes. Why can soap get this out, but not that? Or like um, in a garden, if you're a gardening family, just watch the life cycle and what does it need to grow? Do a little experiment with seeds in a baggie, like does it need soil? There's just a lot of things like that to help your child see science more as a tool than a fact. Um, And that way, then they have that tool that they can apply to other situations down the road. So they're learning these understandings and skills and not so much just like, I know that photosynthesis is this. (laughs) Well, it's Mm -hmm. it's funny that Zach you know, is not a, a fan of science because one of his favorite things to do with his kids is cook, which is like all, all science. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So you You're do right. love science. You just didn't think you have to well. call it something else. <laughs> call me Beaker. <laughs> um, well, speaking of experiments, you have some wonderful ideas that you're going to walk us through. And then Zach and I are going to try them with our kids. So what is our first project? We have one where it is making bubbles, but it's not the kind of bubbles that you think of with your kid outside blowing bubbles. Um, This one is one that you can use things that you have in your cupboard. And if you don't have it, it's also very cheap. So it's still accessible. Um, Baking soda and vinegar. Um, You add baking soda to a bowl and you have your kid look at it and like, what is this? Is this a solid, a liquid or a gas? What's it feel like? Make observations. It's white. Um, And then you have them pour vinegar into the bowl and observe what happens. Do you want to go do this experiment? All right, so. But I know it's very short. Yeah, it's it's very easy. So what we have to do, we need baking soda and vinegar. Okay, and now take a spoonful of baking soda. 
put okay. it in, put it in the cup. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's good. Okay. And now, would you say that this baking soda, in its current form, Noah, do you think it's solid, liquid, or gas? Uh, do liquid. Liquid? Do you think this is liquid? Yeah. You think you can drink that? Yeah. Like water? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't think that's liquid. I think this is a solid. Liquid is like some is like water or the vinegar. That's liquid. When we put the vinegar in the baking soda, you think it'll, the solid will become liquid? Yeah. Okay, try it. Pour it in. Okay, actually, we're just going to do a little bit. So fizzy, it looks like soda. And what color is it now? Red. It's like we made a red, red pop. I told you it would be liquid. You're right. So now I can drink this? No, 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 no. That's actually a good warning. This is not to drink. This is just an experiment. Can you do it tomorrow? Sure. This is something that my five-year-old could do over and over and over. And I don't know how he's not bored, but he does it over and over. <laughs> um, and so the, it'll bubble. And you can ask your kid, like, what's inside the bubbles? What do you think's happening? And he thought that it would be hot because it was bubbling. Mm. So like boiling. And I let him think that like, okay, cool. Those are, those are things that could be happening. Um, so maybe there's a gas inside the bubbles. How would we know that? And so with older kids, you could say, how can we prove that there's a gas in there? And to do that, you could have them design it themselves, or you could do what I do with my kid and I just do it <laughs> is I give him a plastic, um, water bottle and you add vinegar to the bottom of it. And instead of just dumping baking soda in, you add it to a balloon, a latex balloon, and you spoon it in very gently. And this will make a huge mess. Um, so warning, baking soda might go everywhere. <laughs> get out those um, get but, out those old cookie sheets. That's what we use to, to <laughs> attempt to contain the mess. <laughs> <laughs> but you spoon it in and then you gently put the balloon over the top of the bottle. And in that moment... It's a closed system. So now anything that happens is still there all inside it. And you lift the balloon up and dump the baking soda in and it catches all that gas. And so that balloon inflating is evidence that there is a gas being produced and a reaction occurred, which I think is super cool. And I probably just nerded out so much. <laughs> Zach is like, oh, science. <laughs> <laughs> we recorded only a fraction <laughs> of the amount of times we did this experiment. Yeah, and you can do it with food coloring if you want. Like, if your kid's favorite color is orange, like, you can do all... The amount of things you can do with baking soda and vinegar is amazing. Yeah, we did the very simple baking soda, vinegar, um, and we added some food coloring experiment this morning just in a, in a cup. It took five minutes, but it was so fun. You could hear the wonder and excitement. And both of our voices, frankly. Um, and I told Noah we were going to do it the night before we actually did it. So she was very excited, um, you know, going to sleep and it gave her something to look forward to today. So, and I, I, frankly, I also just really liked how simple it was. And that's, that was a good place for us to start. I think otherwise it would have been overwhelmed, but I think we can build, you know, build to slightly more 
uh, complicated experiments from from here. So I think it was a really fun start. I mean, it just was so much fun. I could definitely see us us doing that um, again and again. It's it will definitely be requested, I'm sure. And the good news is that vinegar and baking soda are great um, cleaning substances. So if it gets all over, you can just wipe down your everything and it'll be clean. All right. So you had a second experiment, which um, when you sent it to us was called Magic Milk. Can you walk us through that one? Yeah. Um, so this one makes some really cool patterns. And I don't know about you, but I get stuck on TikTok or Reels a lot watching things that are mesmerizing. And this one falls into that category of where you could just get lost looking at it. Um, so this one, again, has ingredients usually found in your house. You've got milk, food coloring, cotton swabs, and liquid dish soap. Doesn't matter the brand. Um, and you just pour the milk into a shallow bowl or a plate. And you drip the food color and you can use any color. Um, I like to vary it by what holiday it is. So like 4th of July, we'd use red and blue. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, you can use green. Um, It keeps it alive. But it's also fun because your kids, if they each have a different favorite color, could have three different things going on, Elizabeth. (laughs) So that could be good. That's what we did. We used all different colors. All, um, each of them picked a color. It was amazing. Another fun thing to do with this before I'd say the directions is to have your phone recording the patterns um, and you can rewatch them and play with the editing. And I know that kids really like that too. So what you do is you drip some food coloring into different spots of into the milk. Um, and then you're going to take a cotton swab and just dip it into the coloring spot and see what happens. And nothing's supposed to happen. This is the control to show that this doesn't happen just on its own. Um, it's a contrasting case. So now you're going to dip a different cotton swab into the dish soap. And then you're going to put that inside to the area of food coloring in the milk. And then you'll see what happens. And what happens is it swirls around and you can have multiple cotton swabs two to put in and it'll change the pattern or if you could have one kid with one and one kid within another and then they can both be in the same plate um but this happens because milk's a mixture and when you buy milk it says homogenized on it and that just means it's mixed up so well you can't find the fat globules away from the milk like it's just in it and what happens is that fat that's there uh reacts with the dish soap because they're similar um, in their molecular structure. So it doesn't react. It just starts to dissolve it. And that changes the mixture. And it's no longer homogenized anymore because the fat molecules are being noticed more. And that causes the coloring to swirl um, as the molecules are moving. So you're literally watching molecules moving while you're watching this. (laughs) Okay. So I clean the dish. We, we, uh, we're smart now. We got three papers. Oh, and Henry even got, we use a color system in this house. I'm and blue Henry and yellow. got the right color. Oh, I didn't okay. know you had blue or yellow. So, it's a little yeah, extra. Good. All right. Henry, so we only have Dawn power wash. So I'm going to take a... But it's working pretty well. All right. So everyone get their colored brush. No. And on the count of... Wait, wait. On the count of three... Touch, you touch your color, it's the same as your brush. Go! And now you guys can touch whatever you want. It's making colors. Mine is the biggest color. Oh, it's mosaic. Oh, yeah, mosaic. We will take over. It's making purple. Yeah, it's a good color mixing activity, too, right? 
And we got some Look. green, but the green, because the blue and the yellow were so far away, the green. Oh, there's some green here. Look at this little river of green. Science is so cool! Yeah. So I actually did not have cotton swabs and instead used just um, like kids' paintbrushes. Oh. And I also did not have regular <laughs> Dawn liquid. I only had the power wash. So we just sprayed our... Um, our paintbrushes and it worked great. And then we actually ended up tearing up pieces of paper and dipping them into the patterns and letting those dry and getting this kind of like marbleized pieces of paper. Um, that So that was kind of a fun thing. The kids were like, oh, this is like this art. Can we do this art thing with it? I was like, great. And I was thinking too, this would like be a great way to teach color mixing because as the colors mixed, we got all different kinds of colors like this was amazing and I was amazed. Like I I thought maybe it had something to do with like surface tension. Like I really did not totally understand what we were doing. And so I was just equally as amazed. And I did snap some photo and video and we'll make sure that that is um, up on my Instagram when this comes out. So you can find nice. that at, at EJDN and see how our color mixing went. I have like mentally put this under the when the milk is like has just gone is like starting to go and you don't want to drink it, but you don't want to mm. waste it. Mm -hmm. This is something you can do with it. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and feel good about yourself. Okay, well, if parents are looking for more experiments or science lessons, where can they find you, Stephanie? I'm on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram as at Let's Learn About Science. Awesome. Well, everyone go check that out. We're going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do a round of recommendations. All right, it's finally time for recommendations. This is the part of the show where we talk about stuff we think you should check out. Zach, what are you recommending? Today I'm going to recommend doing something for yourself, um, specifically joining like a league or taking a class, doing something that allows you to step outside of your parent self to just be a human out in the world. I feel like so many of us are figuratively underwater right now with everything that's going on with COVID, et cetera. And um, just to, to carve out a little bit of space for you. So I am in a Monday kickball league. That's so fun. I've been on the same team now for like 10 years. In fact, Noah, my daughter loves coming to the games, but it is very much like dad time, um, adult time. It's cathartic. It's fun to run around, to act like a goofy kid and just to have like something to put you know, maybe some anger, aggression you're feeling in your life. It's, it's like a, a, a nice healthy outlet for that. So whether or not you're interested in sports, just do something for you and prioritize it. You know, it's an hour a week. Stephanie, what are you recommending? So along the lines of getting some time for yourself, I was thinking of Osmo. So Osmo is a program on your iPad. And I think they also do Kindles. I they do. You can get it for Kindle as well. This is I'm so excited for this recommendation because it's one of my favorite things. And I don't know that I've ever talked about it. They have all of these games that are like coding, reading, math. There's a detective agency that I can't get my son off of that game. Yeah, and he's learning. Either. That is like the... <laughs> He's always like, play this other thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's learning the whole time, has no idea. And I get this time to myself and it's great. So the specific product, I couldn't narrow down because we have all the games, um, <laughs> but they have a super Osmonaut kit, which I is, it's a bit steep in price, but the amount of time that you will get to yourself, the things that your kids will learn 
And I just don't even count it as screen time because it's learning time. <laughs> it's it's really interactive. I mean, that's what I like is that I, I also feel like guilt-free about it. And the kids do a really nice job playing together, which I like. Um, we have the like wizard mass set, which is some measuring and then is starting some addition and multiplication in like this really fun game-based way. And all three of them will be in there trying to figure out what to feed. You have to feed the dragon something that's a specific length. And so you have to line up the food to make the right length. I mean, they are just so into it because the game pieces are real. Like you're playing with real tactile things, but the computer is like, knows mm. what you're doing. It's, it's, I, this is a great cool. recommendation. So I am recommending a um, really fun book called Endlessly Ever After. It is a choose-your-own-adventure fairy tale book, and it is just the cutest thing. You you start out as Red Riding Hood, and any of you that have done choose-your-own-adventures, like you read, you know, the page, and then it says like, put on your red cape, go to this page. Put on your furry cape, go to this page, and you just dive into this world of fairy tales, and things go all kinds of wrong no matter what you choose it's really great it's nice though because it gives you this opportunity in these fairy tales to talk about like hey should i you know the big bad wolf comes up to you or whatever and you decide like well should i go to granny's anyway or should i go home and it's fun to talk about like well why are we making this choice you know and sometimes the kids are like because because i just want to see maybe something bad will happen to me like that's okay it's a great way to um experiment and read but i mean all three of my kids love this book. I love when they pick it up. I think that if you have had a birthday and invited us in the last like two months, we have gifted this book to you <laughs> because I'm just such a huge fan. So check out Endlessly Ever After. Okay, and I have one bonus recommendation um, that I'm actually, Stephanie, going to make you mm -hmm. talk about. You wrote a book that is like the best baby gift. Speaking of things that I have given out <laughs> to everyone, whenever someone is like, send a book instead of a card, I'm like, well, I'm sending Stephanie's book. Can you tell us a little bit about your the baby book? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's called Let's Learn About Chemistry. And I'm so excited to hear that you're giving it a baby shower. So that was kind of my hope when I made it was that science is for everyone. And I wanted it to be approachable for parents who may not know the science to show it to their kids as well. Um, and it follows four kids as they play the game, which of these things is not like the other, like we played when we were kids, but it uses their toys and some science language. So it's really fun to read, especially to groups of kids, because they all have different answers. I think it's such a great book, especially I give it to a lot of new parents because I think it really instills that idea of that, like having your kid on your lap and reading to them is a conversation, not just like reading the words on the book. And this book really guides you through like what to do. And I know um, we got the book about the time my my littlest one could start participating in that and he would bring it over all the time because it was this interactive time. So definitely um, go check out Stephanie's book. And that's it for our show. We'll be back in your feeds on Thursday, so be sure to tune in. And while you're at it, please subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. This episode of Mom and Daughter Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Christy Tywo-Macanjula. For Zach Rosen and Stephanie Ryan, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening.